Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. You fired up, Fancy? Um, yeah, I'm fired up. Yeah, you happy to talk to your man? Always, babe. Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Brian Beckner. Stoked you're here. Stoked you joined. You're back for episode 16. Uh, as always, very excited to be here. A lot to talk about today. A, a lot happening. I, I noticed that the final four is set and somehow this is the sports section. I'm going to do a little sports right now. I noticed that the final four is set up and there's, there's greasy John Calipari right back there. I just thought that was the greasiest guy. Always makes it to the end somehow. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he gets all those players not from Kentucky. Look, it's a lot of guys from Detroit, Chicago. He's really greasy. He looks like he's about to sell you a Buick. He probably could sell you a Buick, but there he is. Him and him and Billy Donovan. We'll see. We'll see who uh, ends up winning that. But yeah, Final Four is about to kick off, and and. We have some Final Four-related topics to get to later. Also, baseball opening day, Dodgers, Brian Wilson really blew a game last night, and I think the fucking season's over. That's it. Luckily, with baseball, there's 700 games in a season, so even when your team's 14 games out, there's so much season left that you can pretend that your team still has a chance right up until, like, July. So we'll see. Baseball opening day. That's always a good time of year. Uh, joining me now, as always, now that now that we've talked about sports, Ed Daly. Ed, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. And I actually have a uh, public sur- service announcement for everybody. Oh, oh, I like that. We, we if we hear... have some breaking news music, maybe this would be the time to play. I, it. Yeah, I've, I'll get on that because we're we're getting we have some professional equipment now so we're, we'll have we'll play some breaking news music next time you got to warn me though <laughs> i it just just came to me a recent experience tell uh, me we've discussed outside the podcast one of the joys of having children perhaps the biggest joy of having children is the plentiful access to flushable wipes Oh, that's that is absolutely the case. There, it's anybody that's not using flushable wipes to clean. I didn't themselves. even know about these before kids. It, I didn't it, know they were out there. I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't really either. I didn't know about this phenomenon, and I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I ever didn't clean myself with flushable wipes. But it's really the only civilized way to tend to your self after you've done your business and. And so, yes, I use them. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of very, very, um, I don't want to say OCD, but I, I always have access. I have them in my gym bag. It's just an important part yeah, of life. I have now. them in my golf bag. I have them at work. There's not really any time that I need to do some business and where I'm not able to clean myself to my satisfaction. That's, that's a thing for me. Yeah. So all I would say is the my public service to everyone is if they are using them, which they should be, just make sure when you're reaching to grab it, you make sure it's a flushable wipe and not a package, uh, a very similar looking package of your wife's makeup remover wipes. Ooh, wait, wait, little accent <laughs> in the daily household, huh? Yeah, let's just say they might go a little heavier on the chemicals for makeup removal. And those chemicals do not feel um, – they do not feel even slightly comfortable on the nether regions. Right. Well, your face is exposed to the elements. The skin is a little more taut. 
a little it sees the sun every day that your your asshole your bottom right. we just need a little cleanup job down there we don't need um yeah, yeah it, we're not cleaning out a medical facility that's fresh skin it's a gateway to the inside of your body yeah. it never and sees it, the the light of day it doesn't see the sun it's protected it's hidden inside it's not yeah. ready for those harsh chemicals it needs a sensitive soft easy like collagen and nice sounding things to touch it yeah and so after that bad experience Mm -hmm. like it like a bad handshake you feel it for like seven eight hours later you're burning just yeah it just doesn't go away it's just like a just a, a just a bummer like you just feel like you've been had something went wrong horribly wrong um did you did it did it come to the point where you needed to dab a little cream on there you could tell uh, me. You could tell me. I, I would tell you if I if I did, but no. It was one of those things. I did it before leaving the house. I was out for a while, so it just I just toughed it out, and it did go away. But it it was just a, a you know it's a it's a betrayal of trust. It is. It really is. I I just grabbed the wipes, and now I I've got to now I got to get a little OCD ish to make sure the wipes are the wipes that I thought they were. It's kind of like putting a tube of Clearasil or Vagisil or any of the sills right next to the toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. And luckily I have not fallen prey to that, but I could see it. Yeah, but- you, you come home a little drunk, you're, you know, had a few drinks, you're ready to sleep, but you're, you're serious about your dental hygiene. You're, you're not going to let that go. So you pop in there to brush the teeth late night. And before you know it, you got a mouthful of preparation H not cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just I just feel like it, everyone listening to this podcast is probably is probably tuning in partially to find out how like they can live a better life. And Agreed. so this is just our service to them. Yeah. Yeah. Rule of thumb. Always clean yourself with flushable wipes post evacuation. Mm-hmm. Rule number two, don't don't put the wife's face cleanser wipes near the ass wipes. And that that's really, that's right. should be obvious, but we need to let people know. Right. Words to live by. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know what I, so I used to run a lot. Mm. I don't run so much. I ran a 5k this weekend. This is an easy run. How'd it go? It went not too bad. I mean, I, I just ran it finished. I finished in like a little under 26 minutes. Okay. Yeah, wasn't bad. I'm not a runner. I hadn't run in maybe a year. And 5K is not a long run. But the next day, this today, two days later, very sore. That's what happens. It's it's the day and two days later yeah. where where that that soreness of muscles you don't really use. Yes. That, that's where you you feel the pain. You hit a certain age. Also, you hit a certain age and you're more hungover the second day than you were the first day somehow. I'm not sure how that goes, but you're also more sore the second day. Uh, but pre-race, I did remember. A lot of times, I forget this. I did remember to put a little, put a little Vaseline, a little petroleum jelly on my nipples. Good call. I put. I also put it like on the balls of my feet underneath because sometimes running, you really wear that part. And I didn't this time because it was a short run. But if it had been a longer run. I put a little bit just right there on the tip of my Johnson, my Jacobs, Whoa. because that gets running. It, you, that gets moving in those Under Armour shorts, and you're running a ways a while. You could, you could get a rub. You could rub a little rash right there on the yeah. tip. So a little sword tip. Yeah, another another little life hack right there. A little bit of advice. This, a little Vaseline on the tip. Is this like the Martha Stewart podcast? Yeah, I mean, we geez. really we should go through like a whole bunch of things like that and just. Maybe make a blog post about it and just sort people out on on things they might not be doing right. to keep themselves healthy that you and I know about because we've we're, we've lived. We're improving lives here. Yeah, we are we're, absolutely. Yeah, and entertaining. Uh, to- topics today. One of my all time favorites. Uh, somebody put out a list today of what it would cost you to do a scoreboard proposal at every ballpark in major league baseball and you'd be surprised there's few a few ballparks won't let you get married won't let you propose there and real I, proud of my orioles yeah yeah I, they're uh unfortunately my dodgers 
are the most expensive team in Major League Baseball. It's, so I would I would argue that that's actually to dissuade people from wanting to do it. So, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that. Also, a woman, a man, had his watch stolen at a Vegas hotel. Not a very rare occurrence, I imagine. I imagine that's a daily occurrence, or at least weekly, at every hotel on the Strip. But in this case, it was a little different because when they went looking for the watch, they found it in someone's vagina. So we'll get it. I mean, that's not going to get past us. That's something we're going to discuss. Vaginal watch theft. Also, the final four. Final four is about to happen. And Ed and I have been talking about this. We've sort of prepared some of our own final fours. Our final fours of other things and we'll just ed's written a massive hilarious blog post about this that he let me have a look at today so i just came up with a, a, a couple of my own the final fours of the worst worst of a lot of different things and, and we'll cover a couple today and then of course to close out the show the the segment that everybody likes the best apparently Fancy Pop. We'll have Fancy Sauce here to do what she does, talk about reality television and celebrity bullshit and who's having sex and all that cool stuff that Ed and I, as hashtag hetero gentlemen, we don't know this kind of stuff. We're not – this isn't in our wheelhouse. We know about wipes and where to put Vaseline before you go for a run, but we don't know who's popular and who's doing what in Hollywood, and that's why we have Fancy Sauce. So we'll we'll bring her in a little bit to discuss everything that's happened in the world of pop culture. What do you think about that, Ed? Sounds like maybe the greatest show ever. Sounds really good. I know she's going to talk about, because she likes the um, Lindsay Lohan reality show, and she's kind of like I started watching it, Ed. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta be honest. I, I, oh, the I, power of love! I didn't, I didn't think I was gonna like it, but I, I kind of, I've kind of got into it. It's shot sort of documentary style. She's a mess. Her mom's a mess. Uh, so I'm, I don't know. Her, she's got a wacky assistant. I'm, I'm kind of getting into it. I, I have to admit, I know that doesn't do much for my hashtag hetero cred. Yeah. But I'm kind of into the Lindsay Lohan. I'm only like an episode and a half in, so I, I, I need some, to catch up a bit. Between the two of us, there we can still use the hashtag uh, hetero for for one of us. Yeah. So you could just say, between Ed and I, we do have one yeah. hashtag hetero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're 50% <laughs> hashtag hetero. We'll let you guess which one. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, take a break, do our thing, and when we come back – we're talking ballpark proposals. So stick around. Lifestyle.com, the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, Brian Beckner, Easy Ed Daily. Your this is your destination. This is where you come once a week, we hope. This is where we hope you'll tell your friends and share it on Facebook. I've been Facebook booking this show and I notice that people have been sharing it there. So you can friend me on Facebook. Like I'm not I don't I all I really use it for is this show. There's you know not you're not going to get a lot of pictures of my kids and stuff. Ed, have you ever posted a picture of your children on Facebook? I'll let you guess. Now, you've you've told me a hundred times. I'm asking that ironically <laughs> because you love to I, say that. I, I get where you're going. Yeah, I got no, you. No. Um, yeah, so yeah, you, you can friend me because you're not going to find out shit about my life. Right. Yeah. Same here. You know, there's some pictures of me and my girlfriend, but nothing nothing too exciting, and uh, a lot of lot of baller lifestyle talk there. So Facebook, Twitter. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe. Do all that bullshit. Please help us out. We want to do this a lot. We need, we need the feedback. That's the thing. Is if people are downloading it, it makes you excited to do another one. So, episode sixteen. Hey Ed, how much do you think it costs to propose um, at Atlanta Braves Turner Field to propose on the scoreboard? 
Uh, let's say two fifty. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. That seems cheap to me. I feel like that is too. Well, that, you're going to get a lot of rash decisions. Yeah, that's that's the lower tier right there. We'll, we'll, I'll read you the lower tier. Pirates, thirty nine bucks. Braves, <laughs> as discussed, fifty. Colorado Rockies, fifty bucks. Cincinnati Reds, also fifty. White Sox, fifty five. Padres, fifty five. Here's an interesting one: Detroit Tigers, where a house is sixty bucks. It costs you seventy five to propose to your girlfriend on the jumbotron. So for a hundred dollars, you could get a house, uh, yeah. Papa John's pizza, yes. and propose to your your fiance or to your to yeah. your girlfriend. L- Little Caesars, I think he owns all the. Oh teams. yeah, yeah, not Papa John's. Little Caesars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is I. There are five teams, as we alluded to earlier, and Ed's Ed, despite being from New Jersey, roots for. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland. He roots for Maryland area teams. So his Baltimore Orioles uh, don't don't allow you to propose on on that jumbotron, which is good. As neither do the Mets or the Royals or the Angels or the Blue Jays. Uh, I, I, Toronto, Canada in general, very liberal. I, I would picture them allowing that. I don't. You know, well, no one's going to the games anyway. Keep in mind, I mean, it was a long time ago, but remember, they have a hotel there, and yeah. people watched uh, a couple have sex in from this from their seats in the stadium. They were watching a couple in the hotel room yeah. have sex. So they don't allow proposals, but they allow like the full contact karate going on. Yeah, upstairs. he was he was sexing her up against the window of the hotel. I, I recall right. that. I imagine that's happened many many times. Right. Um, let's yeah. just talk about, let's just talk about how, what, what are the odds of a successful marriage starting with a ballpark proposal? Well, obviously very slim to none, very, very <laughs> unlikely that that union's going to go the distance because mostly, this is, this is what happens when like meatheads try yeah. to get creative and romantic. I, I feel like it's like real, like over the top, like flamboyant type dudes do these kind of big, like I'm going to have a flash mob proposal and videotape it. And, you know, it's always the guys that are a little curious that are trying to do that. And the same with the ballpark proposal. They make it all about themselves. I per- I imagine that ballpark proposals are like the number one cause of vaginal dryness. <laughs> Like, <laughs> as as soon as a chick realizes she's being victimized by a ballpark yeah. proposal, I picture her. Right, and the amount of yeses, yeah, I the amount of yeses probably just lead to nos on the drive home from the stadium. Yeah, exactly. I I, I see her <laughs> vagina closing up like one of those wooden drawbridge doors on her vaginal castle. <laughs> Creaky. <laughs> like no chick. The, the chick would have to be mortified and all uh, immediately see the dude in a different light and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? This guy wanted to <laughs> propose to me at, at, at Oakland Coliseum of all places. Like it's bad enough that he made me come here. He, he had a promise to buy me a purse later and now, now he's going <laughs> to propose to me. I, people are going to see this on the news. My mom's going to find out. This is fucking awful. <laughs> Nothing elevates the pheromone levels like the smell of pine tar and hot dogs. Yeah, exactly. he's got onion breath. He's on, he's on his fourth course light. And then what what do you do after you get engaged? Like, let's say she's into it. Like, usually when people get engaged after after they're gonna you know have a little uh, romance or they're gonna be at dinner and they're gonna stare across and talk to each other. Like, what do you do? You're not even staring at each other. You're staring at like you know uh, Miggy Cabrera. Uh, yeah, what, you know. are you, what are you going to talk? You you can't start talking about your life plans together and how you're going to get married and call your mom because you're busy keeping score in that little book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The type of guys who do that are clearly keeping score. Yeah, tell, I, I got to make. Hold on, honey. Tell me later. I got to make a K. Hang on. Hold your thought. I I know what you're saying. You you want six bridesmaids, but but first I have to write the backwards K. Yeah. I got to – Oh, I get to color in the diamond. And then after, I mean, if you get, I I haven't been to all the stadiums, but most of these stadiums are not in the areas 
where it's going to be a romantic setting. No. Like you leave the stadium. No. If you leave Yankee Stadium, like yeah. you take her across the street to stands for a few PBR tall boys. Yeah. Like what do you do? Right. Yeah. Wrigley Field. I mean, it's just it's, it's just booze everywhere. You know, the drunks walking around. You know, Dodger Stadium. You got to get in your car, get those windows right. up, and get the fuck on the freeway. I, I mean, Tampa right, Dodger Bay. Stadium, honey, honey, do you want to sit in traffic for three hours after this game? Right? Yeah, yeah, we got to leave early. Hurry, hurry up and do the proposal because we got to get out of here before the eighth inning starts. Everybody knows that, right? At least, at least Baltimore banned it because the only place that you could could go would be like, hey, look, this is where Kennard popped Omar. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like <laughs> McNulty. Uh, this is where McNulty found the bum that he used to to play the serial killer right here. Yeah. This is this is this is the stash house that Omar hid on season three. Right. Hey, this is the, this is the group home where uh, Randy was was subjected. Yeah, yeah, where he got his ass kicked every day. <laughs> Snitch bitch. Yeah. Uh, ballpark proposals. I mean, they should be banned, but it is always kind of funny to see some jackass think that's any kind of like public. Proposal. I mean, a, a relationship is an intimate thing. A marriage is a very, very personal thing between two people. Don't do it in public. Don't involve your friends. Don't invite guests. Just fucking do it. Take her to a restaurant. Buy her a nice meal. Tell her how you feel about her and give her the ring. Or better yet, just tell her you want to give her a ring and then let her pick it out because you'll probably fuck that up. <laughs> Gotta know Who's that? Who's, who said romance is dead? Right, exactly. Not here. All right. Um, I, did you hear about this vaginal watch theft? Sounds promising. Yeah. Um, I saw this on Gawker today, and I'll, 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 I'll read from the story. A private massage. It's a real good way to start things out. Like a private massage. Like a massage is private. Like if you're saying I'm getting a massage, you don't really need to say it's private unless you're getting like he's off. doing it on the craps table in the middle of right. the win. Right. The the private initiates a, another level that you're what you're saying is that there's sex involved. A private. I think massage, there's a lot of quotes. There are a lot of quotes used in this right. this type of story. <clears throat> Air quotes. A private massage in a Las Vegas hotel room turned into a crime investigation. When a $35,000 Rolex disappeared, as tends to happen in these cases, the watch was later found inside the masseuse's <laughs> vagina. Uh, this dude met this chick at the hotel bar at the Wynn. It was 3 a.m. He was 66. She was 25. He offered her three bills for a massage in his room. Uh, I like that his room already had a massage table in it for some reason. And I also like that while she was massaging him, she asked him to take off his $35,000 Rolex presidential, which immediately went missing. Like, dude. That seems reasonable, like that pivotal wrist massage you're always craving. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I got to get your wrist. Can you please remove your – I mean you're bringing a hooker to your room, guy. Like you – I feel like this isn't your first go round with this. You've you've know you knew how to make this transaction. You should probably be the first person to realize that it's a good idea to lock up the valuables. I'm sure they had lots in common. I'm sure this was a really stellar conversation. He's 66 and she's 25. He can talk about like when uh, when he was 42, the year she was born. And hey, oh, I remember the year you were born. I watched the Bay Area uh, World Series with the earthquake. That was that was great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and how about when I turned the double nickel 55 when you were wrapping up middle school? <laughs> well, he's he most certainly has children her age or grandchildren. Grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> little little odd, yeah, saggy balls. There's there's a lot of bad things to think about. But I do like that they had she needed she eventually admitted that she took the watch and she let the cops know, like, hey, alright, I got I got the watch. And the cops are probably like, All right, let's let's know, see it. Maybe he won't press charges. Like just this is a big pain in the ass for us, but we'll just go ahead and give us the watch. And she's like, Well, <laughs> I Here's the deal. I mean, I do have it, and but you guys noticed that you patted me down and it's, you didn't find it. You know, it's probably like it's not in my bra or it's it's uh, it's in my badge. It's inside me. 
Um, she uh, she needed help getting it out. They like had to take her to the hospital. <laughs> and that must have been a real thrilling day for somebody somebody's uh, parents who helped pay for medical school. They're like, "Hey, what do you do today?" Oh, uh, I uh, went watch hunting. Well, I feel like that's one of those things though where they're they're excited about that because then they can take the X rays and take pictures of them with their camera and put them on the internet. That like like when you that's see true. a Heineken bottle up a dude's ass. <laughs> you know, and that's always like a little exciting. Like the like the intern is like, oh yeah, the 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 medical student that's you know got his first job in the ER is like, oh finally, like I can share. I got war stories. Uh, How roomy was it in there that she needed a staff? You would think if there's a Rolex in there, it's ready to fall right out. Right. I mean, if she got it in there, like yeah. what goes up must come down. But there, I mean, how deep was it in there? Like how roomy is it in there? It's yeah. like it's like some sort of basement closet. Yeah, like it gets old Monopoly game in there, some Halloween decorations, and then uh, the Rolex. Other watches. <laughs> they're like she, they pull it she's, out, she's and the guys. Like, yeah, they they pull it out, and the guys like, nope. So they put it back in, grab a nut. Nope, no, that's a Casio, not not mine. I'm looking for a Rolex Presidential. Took took like three or four watches first. Um, I, also, what happens when you get that back? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a sunk cost at this point. I mean, do you? Do you bring that home or you put throw it back on the wrist and be like, hope your wife doesn't catch a whiff or what? Yeah. And that's, that seems like it might be something you don't need, like 35 grand. Maybe take it to that pawn shop that's got a TV show. <laughs> but, then, but then it's like it's like the, the book. It's like when George takes the book into the bathroom at Barnes & Noble and he, <laughs> he can't return it. You're right. It's, probably, it's ruined. He like takes it in to sell it to those Pawn Stars guys and they're like, oh, hold on. <laughs> Has this watch been a, in a hooker's vagina? Like, I don't, we have a way of telling what we're going to do. We're going to run a test on it right now. We have a special Black light. Pen. Yeah. We have a, no, we have a, we touch it with a special pen. We shoot, we shoot it with a laser and it'll immediately tell us hooker vagina. Are you ready? Are you ready to take that test right now? Because we're going to know. <laughs> you want to just take your watch and go? Uh, yeah, I, I, sounds like everybody was none the worse for wear. The watch is returned. The vagina is hopefully intact and she's on her way to hook away. I'm sure she's back at the wind tonight. If anybody wants to get jacked off in their room by a hooker that might steal your watch. (laughs) She looked like she, she had some beefy hands. So she might, she might give a, a adequate massage. Strong masseuse. I don't often go for a massage, but when I have been for one in the past, they tend to be a little brutish in my opinion. Well, you'd be getting you'd be getting a massage from the real life version of Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. She had <laughs> the watch for five long years. She she knows where to hide things. Okay, Ed, the final four is popping off next weekend. Um, let me see if I can name the final four teams. I'm gonna do it right now. You tell me if I'm right or not. Okay. U- UConn. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's who's playing whom. I think I might. UConn and, and Florida. Mm-hmm. They're playing each other? I don't I don't, I'm not sure who oh, plays each other. Um Wisconsin, who's got a big goofy white guy that can play. Yeah. He, Named Frank. Yeah, his name's Frank. He's big and white and he's goofy and he can put he can put awesome. on the, Yeah, he's so good. He could post you up or he could catch the ball up high and either put it on the deck and go by you or just shoot a jump shot over you and make it every time. Great three-point shooter. Yeah, the guy is good, yeah. It's great. Wisconsin, who always has lots of big, goofy white guys. They got a, a special big, goofy white guy right now. And the, did, did I say – oh, in Kentucky with John yeah. Calipari and his grease dripping everywhere. And when I did that column of the uh, ranking the least likable, most likable, yeah. like the, the bottom three yeah. least likable are in there. They're all there, yeah. Ugh. Only Wisconsin. I'm Wisconsin or bust on this one. You're, well, you wrote a blog post that'll probably go up in tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, uh, it'll be up by the time this is posted. Fine. What's what's the what's the headline of it? Uh, I haven't come up with the headline, but it's about the final four of the worst things on earth. That's right. And give us give you give a give us one of yours, and then I'll give you one of mine. Okay, let's talk the worst murder weapons in Clue, the board game Clue. <laughs> well, who hasn't had this conversation? But go on. All right, so 
good murder weapons would be gun. the re- revolver. I mean, that, I think that's the only gun they have. So revolver yeah. and uh, knife. Not that uh, not that that's a clean hit, right. but at least you it's the most deadly. The worst, a lot of blood. the rope. Yeah, the rope. The rope, the candlestick, the wrench, and the lead pipe. These are all things that you need to be super stealthy. Candlestick. And super accurate. Like if you're gonna if yeah. you're gonna bludgeon somebody, that's gonna take like twenty hits to kill somebody with a candlestick. A lot of noise too. They're pro- a they're lot of screaming. noise. Blood. Think of the spatter evidence. They're gonna have to bring in that Doctor Raymond Fung or whatever's name. No, well, who's the guy? Yeah, I think it was Fung. <laughs> but yeah, from the LA from the OJ okay. tri- trial, the guy that always gets people off because he knows all about blood splatter. They had to bring him in to to measure the blood splatters. And if you if you have the rope, you got to be a goddamn boy scout to tie the right knot. Like, yeah, I, I don't. Who's going to kill somebody with a rope? I, personally, the rope. Where the number one murder weapon of choice should be drifter. Like, well, how come drift? Like, Clue hasn't evolved. Where's a drifter? Because that's what right. I would use. What about poison? Hell, poison's great. Poison and and the and the locations also. Like they they give you billiard room. And yeah. and uh, the study or the kitchen or dining room. These are rooms without even doors. Yeah, that's like crazy. you're just gonna kill somebody in a mansion without doors. Yeah, no, that's that's the insane. last thing. The last thing I want to be doing on a Saturday night is hanging out with a dude named Professor Plum. Yeah, he, he only wears purple. That's a little yeah. awkward. Even worse would be struggling to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how about um, Colonel Mustard? Like the yeah. dude's a fucking oh. veteran. Like you're not right. gonna fuck with that guy, and also really enjoys Dijon. Like he likes a spicy mustard on on a I, on a brat. You know? You're gonna come. You're guy. gonna come at Colonel Mustard with a rope? No, no. He's, <laughs> gonna, he's got up. a knife on him. He will shank you. So that that is an example. Um, yeah, that that's a good one. I I have a m- more global one. Okay. Final four worst guys. <laughs> Just worst, yeah. Living or dead or forever. No, not not actual. These are um, types of guys. Types of guys. Uh, not not actual people. Okay. Number one, sassy hat guy. Mm. You know this guy, Ed. He's got a series of hats, and he's always wearing them. Ironically, like he'll rock a forties era newsboy cap to the beach, and. <laughs> As soon as the mercury crests 80 degrees, he busts out the snow beanie. If if he slums it with a baseball cap, it's like an 1880s era Cincinnati Redlegs replica hat that looks like it would fit a three-year-old. Or even worse, <laughs> one of those breaking away style Euro cycling caps. Oh, no. Like so, a bike messenger. Yeah, that guy sucks. Also, number two, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic yawn. Yawn verbalizer guy. Your yawn does not need to make a sound. I don't need to know what your yawn sounds like. Yawn in silence like the rest of us. You're verbalizing your yawn because you want me to notice you yawn and it bugs me. Stop it. Here's another one. Way too into MMA guy. <laughs> these people are creeping up. They're everywhere. If you're on Facebook, you know this guy because apparently everybody you went to high school with is really into MMA now. Uh, but this guy, he knows everything about the fights. He argues technique with people. He rocks the gear. He buys all the pay-per-views, and when he watches, he always knows what the guy should be doing. Dude, this is a perfect place for an omoplata. <laughs> he's wide open for an arm bar. What's going on? But, of course, he's never actually been to a gym. He has no idea what it's like to be in a fight. And everything he knows about M- MMA, he learned from Joe Rogan. <laughs> and number four, this guy. This is a bad guy. I don't know if he's going to win. I don't know if he's going to take the title, but he could be in the championship game. Best friends with his mom guy. Oh, we we see those guys at the uh, the Oscars, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they bring the, yeah. We get it. She's your mom. You love her. But that's because you're required to do so. Like, you don't really have a choice. Stop having 45-minute daily phone combos and quit texting her emoticons. You're you're tied together by blood. You don't have any any real anything in common. Even, even if you have a really good, healthy relationship with your mother, she's still not – she can, still can't be your buddy. 
Like, no, it's your mom. No. It's your mom. Like, it's every, a different relationship. Everybody, like, hey, mom, if you're listening right now, mom, just hit hit mute real quick for like the next ten seconds, okay? Five, four, three, two, one. I mean, everybody's a little bit annoyed by their mom, right? Like, there's yeah, absolutely they, they bug you, right? I mean, they're you love her. But, you know, sometimes they get on your nerves a little bit. But even the best, even the best relationship, you're going to be annoyed as fuck with your mom from time to time. Agreed. Uh, okay, Let, let's go here. I'm going to try I'm gonna try a little something here. And the winner is? I'm going to say the, uh, the, the MMA guy. Yawner. <laughs> It's yawn verbalizer guy. All those other guys are pretty easy to avoid, except for maybe best friends with his mom guy. But yawn verbalizer could be anybody. He could be your boss. He could be your territory partner at work. Uh, you, you never know when he's going to show up. He's the worst guy because he's going to. You're going to be on a long car trip with him, like I was with my buddy Spence one time. And my buddy Spence was sitting I was sitting shotgun and my buddy Spence was sitting behind me and he must have verbalized 378 yawns on like a 5 hour drive. How do you did not kick him out of the car? I am like dude, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And I, I, I he didn't realize he was doing it or he's just an asshole. I'm not sure, but yawn verbalizer is the worst guy. That said, it's time I mean, we covered everything, right, Ed? Do, do we leave anything out? Is there something else we need to talk about before we get to fancy? I think we've pretty much built the basis for a, a good, healthy life. We've given life lessons. We've taught people social uh, social behavior, uh, social mores and proper behavior. We, we've done it all. To this, Absolutely, this and that, that reminds me, and I'm, I've been remiss. There's, we have a – send me an a- email – to Brian at the baller lifestyle.com and give us some of your final fours of your worst people, your worst things, just your final four worst of any category. And we'll review them and we'll post them to the website or we'll talk them on, about them on the show, yeah, but comment on them. Yeah. We'd like to interact any kind of like questions you have about anything. Send to that address, Brian at the baller lifestyle.com and then we will we'll try to work your guys' stuff into the show because we want it to be interactive and uh, and fun that way. So we'll work on that. Uh, joining us now, everybody's favorite. She's my favorite, that's for sure. Uh, the Baller Lifestyle's own pop culture correspondent with the pop culture report, Fancy Pop. Here is Fancy Sauce. So how you doing, Fancy? Hello, hello. Hey, hey Fancy. Well. Hey, Ed. How are you guys? Good. We are well. We've been talking about all sorts of um, how we clean ourselves. And we've, what we've covered this. romance, health, yep. and fitness. Yep. Um, and also uh, vagina storage. Yeah. All you, guys, you guys are like lifestyle experts at this point. Exactly. We're, we're life hackers. We're making your life easier one podcast at a time. <laughs> the podcast of record. Hey, Fancy, what's go- what's going on in the world of pop culture? What do we need to know about? Because uh, you know, you know, Ed and I are hashtag hetero, so we don't know about who's doing what, where, and that's why we have you on because you you know these kinds of things. What's happening in the world of pop that's culture? True. Okay, so story number one: we've got Zac Efron who ha- went to rehab a couple of times last year for um, unspecified reasons, but it, it's been reported that he had a, a cocaine problem. Rumor is he's on the yayo. The yayo. The yayo. Right. And his friends are worried now that he's fallen off the wagon uh, due to a trip he made to uh, an area in downtown LA last week known as Skid Row. Yeah, he got um, his, I read about this. He got his ass kicked on Skid Row. Late Skid at night. Row. Yeah. Do people like? Do people really go there? No. All right. You um, continue. Yeah. Can we just can we just have like a two second uh, break because one of the web one of the tabs I have open which I'm using yes has some audio. This should I, be illegal. This should be any website. Oh, I should oh, need okay. to request. I should need to request yeah. videos playing. 
ESPN.com does this and so does MLB.com where you fucking open the website and a goddamn video just starts playing. Yeah, it's driving me crazy. Okay, I found Super it. annoying. Go, go on, continue. Okay, so the high school musical actor ran into trouble in an area of downtown L.A., notorious for being awash with drug dealers and very dangerous last, um, Sunday, last Sunday night. Um, he t- told the police who were summoned uh, when he got in an altercation with his quote-unquote bodyguard mm. and some homeless people after throwing a bottle out of his car that smashed on the road. Uh, a few of the homeless uh, people thought that he was throwing it at them and, and a fight ensued. So he got out of the car and tried to help his quote-unquote bodyguard well, yeah, and ended you, up getting punched in the face. Did, you, did he have his bodyguard it, running next to the car? Right. Yeah. Well, they supposedly ran <laughs> out of gas. What happens? I, th- I think they did. They ran out of gas or something. So they were waiting for a, a tow truck. I think well, that seems story. reasonable. This, they, this they, seems more reasonable. likely they ran out of crack. Also, I, I, I side with the homeless here. I mean, if you break a bottle in my living room, I'm going to get pissed off. That's right. And that's, that's basically you're in their house. I mean, their house doesn't exactly. have really any walls or anything or roof or any kind of thing that resembles a house. But you're basically in their living room breaking bottles like a fucking asshole from a high school musical. You know, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of Zac Efron right now. And uh, I know he did test positive for one thing, being super dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That he's is one handsome motherfucker. He's a, he's a good looking kid, man. But he's – let's be honest. I mean there's been a lot of rumors about him. He's probably a homosexual. Does it, did, can I get a ruling on that? I'll tell you what, he's making um, me turn. You might be into him. He's got he's got dreamy blue eyes. He is I mean, super hard, dreamy. It's hard oh my for god. Me to imagine straight guys being in movies like high school musical, but I guess right. it happens. Yeah, because straight guys like for instance Brian Beckner and Ed Daly, we don't we don't grow up singing and dancing. Song like, and dance man is code. Right. Like <laughs> being, that's also like, you two singing and dancing is is funny. Right, because because we're hashtag hetero, you know. It's and there's nothing wrong with enjoying some singing and dancing. It's just rare that that's something that a straight guy's really into. That's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm not being homophobic here. The crux of this story really is that it was very late at night on a Sunday night, and he told the police that he was on his way to get sushi. Okay, as far as I know, all the good sushi restaurants in LA are not anywhere near Skid Row. No, no. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm sure there's a lot of uncooked fish there, but it is not. It is right. not good sushi. There's no reason to go to Skid Row unless you're trying to to cop. Sources also say that Zach's friend, who was requested to remain anonymous, isn't a bodyguard at all, but a convicted drug dealer who has been hanging out with the star a lot recently. Yeah, nobody uh, has so bo- no- Nobody has bodyguards anymore, least of all uh, Zach Efron. Like, what he, what's he, no, especially on Skid Row, no one's going to recognize Zach Efron. But in the story, did he admit to throwing a bottle at these people? Um, he didn't, th- he had, I think he admitted to throwing it out of the car, which is littering. I mean, so why he should would you- be, sh- he should be shamed for being a litter bug. We don't need more of those people. Zephron. No. I agree. That's a $500 fine. Even, even uh, if it is, if, even if there already is tons of trash on the ground there. He made a. He might have been having a tantrum that he couldn't score drugs. Who yeah, knows? I I want my crack. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. N- next story. Uh, Sarah Gilbert and Linda Perry tie the knot in the secret ceremony. Okay. To, just to straight. I don't know who these people are. So I'll tell you right now. I'm. I'm going to okay. tell you. Well, Brian will fill you in. Sarah Gilbert was one of the daughters on um, Roseanne. Great, a, a great, a great sitcom, by the way. Right. I like. It. I thought it was good. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I did you watch it. I watched her, it. I her sister was on Little House on the Prairie. In the yeah, Prairie, on the she's Prairie, on the Prairie. Melissa Gilbert's sister. Right. Um, she's yeah. I think she's on the View now or something, right? Oh, it's a ripoff View. I've seen, I've seen uh, it flipping channels. It's like talk. Yeah, just a bunch of, of women trying to talk over each other. Yeah, yeah, she's on one of those. And Linda Perry, she was in that band Four Non Blondes. They had a hit like around ninety. 
well, I'm not going to sing it for you, but it was a big hit. What's Go ahead, sing it. Sing. What's going on? I'm not, no, I'm not going to sing it. Um, uh, she's also a real hit maker, though. This is a, this is actually kind of a power that, wedding because these people probably have tons of money for writing for writing, you know, hit songs. She yeah, she writes songs for like Katy Perry and Pink and like all those songs you hear on the radio. Oh, so she she's writes, got dough. Yeah, they both these chicks have dough. But here's my thing, and here's and I don't I don't want this to sound crass, but these chicks, I'm happy for them. I'm stoked they can get married. I support their right to get married. But um, I don't, I don't think either of them would be what you would call classically beautiful. And my point, the bigger point I'm making here, is that this, to me, is further evidence that the lipstick lesbian is a porno industrial cl- complex creation. <laughs> Because that's the only place they exist. They don't. They don't exist in real life. It's like a. Uh, it's like a unicorn. There's not. There's no such thing as lipstick lesbians. Can we agree? Yeah. They, I. I mean, do you don't think Portia de Rossi at any point you you would have called her attractive? Oh no, I definitely would have. Oh, oh no, right. she, she, once she once super, upon a time she's a little skinny, but she was super hot back okay, in the day. But so- I. She would I, be a lipstick lesbian. She she definitely would be, but I feel like she converted, and she's definitely not in a relationship with a lipstick lesbian. I could see her breaking up and getting into a relationship with a man. Uh, is that right. is that rude of me? But, is that sexist? I'm not yeah. trying to be sexist. Here. That, that might be a little bit, but eh, whatever. I mean, I had I I have a good friend who went out with a bunch of guys and then was in a long term relationship with another girl, and they were yeah. both. Attractive girls, very. Yeah. Okay. And then, she, and maybe, and then they broke up, and then she married a guy. This is this is my this could be just me being short sighted and small viewed. So I, you know what I need to do? I need to meet more beautiful lesbians. Like that is <laughs> that seems like on, a, a project that you should try to conquer by next week's episode. That's on my agenda because the truth is I don't know very many, so I, I need to know more. I could help you with that. Oh, yeah, help me. One Let's thing I'll say. One thing I'll say about this this girl's relationship, if memory serves me correct, uh, Howard Stern had the 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 cast. It was it's Sharon Osbourne. It's like the View with Sharon Osbourne. And right. is it called girl, the Talk? So it's, yes, the that talk. sounds right. Yeah. Well, she was on there, and they were talking about her recent like divorce or breakup with a girlfriend that like was like a long term thing. So that ha- that couldn't have been more than a year ago. Yeah. Which means. They- She's now getting married or just got married to somebody else like this. Who are you talking about? Sarah, 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 Gil- Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert. Yeah, she yeah. was dating that guy. He's on that um, show. I think it's the – was it the Big Bang Theory? Was she? Yeah, she was, dating, she was dating some guy who's on, who was on the Big Bang Theory and apparently Gosh, he Roseanne? helped her come to terms with her – yeah, with her sexuality. Really? Yeah, no, but I'm saying I'm saying she was in like a long-term relationship, like with, with, a, with a girl, with recently. a girl, like had had like kids with her. And Sarah Gilbert, yeah, and now I, I think so. And now she's in a like a new marriage. Like this just sounds like a Hollywood marriage of you know power couple getting together, and we'll be reading about their divorce in in six months. Could be, could be. It didn't go well for Jodie Foster. And it, it didn't well for no, they split up. Oh, I don't know any. Oh, she dated the guy. Yeah, you're right. Johnny Galecki. Yeah, that's he's, who she was he, dating before. He's we. He, he was Rusty Rusty Griswold in uh, in Christmas Vacation, I believe. He is very we. That's an odd coupling. Uh, yeah, the former child star. Uh, uh, yeah, secret. I just want, yeah, yeah. She went out with Johnny Galecki for help, and he helped her learn her sexuality good for them i'm happy for them yeah okay uh, i yeah. got a lot of i got a lot of Lindsay recap oh i was telling ed kate to move on kate i was telling ed that i'm i'm like sort of hooked like i didn't think it would be something that i liked but right. um I, I caught a little bit of the low hand show and i recommend it it's good might might want to pump the brakes on that hashtag straight talk Hashtag, hey, still hashtag hetero, still hashtag confident in sort my of, sort of. manliness, sort but of. I can't, I watched like an episode and a half last night, and I'll be honest, as soon as we hang up here, I'm going to make a little dinner, I'm going to edit this podcast, and I'm going to throw that on the TV. I Isn't it just a big telling, bummer, though? 
it's, yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of. It's compelling because it's it's more docudrama than a reality show. And it's one of those things where they catch her in the right light, and sometimes she looks kind of hot, and you're like, oh, man, this chick had it all, and maybe she can get it back, and you kind of want to root what for I would her. Think. Maybe she can, but um, yeah. I, I mean, I think she could if she was able to stay sober and change her whole life, but I think that's the part that's unlikely. Yeah, the I saddest think, yeah. thing is she actually had talent. She she it was pretty good. Um, she was on the fast track to becoming a huge. Let huge, me ask you this: besides movie okay, star. So she was in Parent Trap when she was little. Then mean she was Girls awesome was in that. Her, mean yeah. Girls was like her her like kind of like adult breakout movie. It was a massive hit. Mean Girls is a massive. It was a massive hit. hit. Yeah. But yeah. let me ask you: like, I need to go back and look at her catalog of performances. But what else was she amazing in? But uh, that, that, those two things showed she had talent. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Well, she had talent. I, she did that. She did that Garrison Keillor movie. But when I read quotes like from the, the producers of it, the new movie that she signed on for, I think it's called Inconceivable, and they say that she's the greatest young actress of one of the greatest young actresses of her generation. I feel like that could be true, but it's not really fair because yeah. her body of work, like yes, she's great in a you know, one or two things, but like to call her to, to make that statement, I think like, you know, let's see. Well, yeah, we so we say that about, we say that about athletes too, though. They have yeah. a cu- first couple of good years and then things fall apart and they say they, well, they had it all. Like, right. yeah. they had it's it all. just a, yeah, it's just a bummer. Like she just yeah. clearly had a shitty, shitty a uh, family and yeah. Shitty parents, shitty managers, just yeah, people I mean, not looking out for talk about, Lindsay and all the all the characters in this show. Cause okay, because I have a favorite. Um, so I think I only talked about episode one, and I think now episode four aired last night, but I'm just going to talk about episode two and three. So the first two episodes really center on, like, her hunt for an apartment to rent in Soho, and she's having a really hard time because no one will rent to her. She's got a bad reputation, uh, and, you know, while I'm sure this is stressful if you're Lindsay Lohan and no one wants to rent you an apartment, the show handles this in this, like, really over-the-top way. It's got these kind of, like, lawn artist-style titles that flash across the screen. Like, Lindsay has now been living in a hotel for 47 days. Um, so they create all this drama around the fact that she is still living in a hotel and it's not good for her sobriety. She needs she- her apartment. Also, they, they, uh, the hotel jacks her around and keeps making her change rooms. What, what's that all about? Like, what, you're a hotel. Uh, She's paying. Like, probably, make the. New- she probably said, "I'm going to stay here for one month tops, and then move." And then that came around. They're like, "Well, we've sold your room. You have to move to. An- we can move you to another room." And I mean, like, honestly, she's staying in a luxury suite at the Soho Grand, like not a Motel Six. Right. She- um. Jesus, can we just stop for a minute? There's another one of those. Oh my God, you're playing, your computer's playing sounds. Okay. <laughs> I found it. Okay, so then she has dinner with her opportunist of a father, Michael Lohan. Um, oh, he's the worst. They order <laughs> enough food for five people, and he sits there and blames his lack of parenting on Lindsay's mom, Dina, who incidentally had been arrested for a DUI the day before. Yeah, they're a fucking mess. <laughs> Good role models. The dad, they're, they're Long Island white trash. Yeah. The dad then tells Lindsay that he promised her younger brother a car when he turned 16, which he's about to, but he can't afford it now because of all the child support he's paying Dina, as well as paying for the other two kids he's had with different women. And it said he knocked up one broad while he was still married to Dina. He did. And now he's married to some other woman who he has another baby with. And Lindsay makes it clear that she wants nothing to do with either of these children. Um, Then there's this kind of cooked convo about her then boyfriend, or maybe he's still, they're still dating Matt Nordgren, who if, for those who don't know, he played football for the university of Texas, then went on to play for the Philadelphia Eagles for a season before he hurt himself. Oh yeah. Never heard of the guy. Special teamer. Yeah. Was he? No, I'm just guessing. Now he's the star of a Bravo show called Most Eligible Dallas about single dudes in Dallas, I guess. So he's a song and dance guy. They must be broken up. 
I don't know. I kind of went online and, and he was with her at New York Fashion Week or something. And I don't know. Also, she's not really working the program because you're not supposed to have any relationships. She's doing the opposite yeah. of everything the program tells you. You're not supposed to move or do anything for a year. Yeah. And yeah. And she's like, can't get to, like, she has very like tacit, uh, like curious reasons that she can't go to meetings like the, Oh, there's paparazzi outside. And all. she always finds reasons that she can't go to an AA meeting. I notice. That's true. And I do kind of feel sorry for her in that respect. Cause you know, she talks in circles about how, how having cameras around her makes her not want to go to AA meetings and she can feel herself slipping. Yeah. And I just feel sorry for her, you know, because you know, I'm so I feel bad for her that she feels the need, even at this point in her, you know, ruined career, that she has to try and manage how people view her and to try and sort of control that she's depicted in a positive light. You know, that's part of the game, and you know it's serious because they got Lady O off her fat ass to f- get on the G4 and fly out. And well, you're, wait, you're you're fast forwarding. So oh. the, the dad then tells her that she needs to lose some of these friends, these old loser party friends that she has for sure um you know and he names one of them gavin doyle and gavin doyle was her ex-personal assistant enabler slash party friend they were in the car together last year that she crashed while she was drunk in la and she tried to say that he was driving when yeah, that Porsche. Went. she, she yeah. tried to blame it on him just expecting that he would take the fall for her and what of course Dale? so he obviously ratted her out and was like, uh, no, she was driving. So, you know, this caused a big rift between them, but I guess they're buddies again, and this isn't a good sign. So at the end of episode two, she does get the keys to her apartment. Um, which brings us to episode three. And by now, so she's got this new like celebrity life coach, fitness guru, spiritual advisor who reads tarot cards to her. Mm-hmm. Who, who the own Oprah and the own network has hired to kind of help her get her life on track. And she pulls out tarot cards and she asks her these kind of ridiculous quiz questions designed to get to the core of her problem. And I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Not to interrupt. I had a hard time watching that part because they sat right down on the floor of the hotel room and didn't no. put anything on the to- on top no, no, of the no. carpet. Are you saying the tarot card segment seemed a little ridiculous? <laughs> yes. No, they were in. They were in. Um, her name's AJ Johnson. They were in her tiny little cramped apartment on their first no. meeting, and they sat cross-legged on the floor in her bedroom. I thought that was a hotel room. No. Uh, okay. It looked like a hotel room. Maybe later. Maybe later there was another yeah. scene in the hotel room. But the first time they meet, it's in her this woman's tiny apartment. In her Either bed- way, they park it right on the carpet, and I couldn't. I could only imagine what was on that carpet because I thought it was a hotel room. It was right. like just party. Some of the questions she asks Lindsay are: candlelight or electricity, ocean or pool, black or white, love or to be loved, yes or no, and my favorite, top or bottom. Is there a I'll question like- about candlelight versus electricity? <laughs> I what? guess is this for, a questionnaire guess- for Ben Franklin? I don't know. I guess her answers are supposed to like have some deeper psychological, you know, meaning. Well, I liked that she was answering real quick and the one, the AJ is black. And so she's like black or white. And Lindsay was like, uh, like that was the one that really stumped her <laughs> I mean, because she didn't so immediately. She didn't know how to answer. She's like, uh, white. Like, is that, she, you could tell she didn't want to be racist. <laughs> so we see her in her apartment. She's got like, you know, uh, all these people helping her sort out her crap and hang up her clothes. And, you know, it's just insanity. And um, the schedule quickly falls apart, though, because Lindsay refuses to um, shoot for one of the agreed days that she's supposed to shoot, which isn't really a shocker. Yeah. So, you know, the director, Amy Rice, who's a very accomplished documentary filmmaker, by the way, Tells yeah, it looks that, good. Like the, the, it's shot really well. It doesn't look like a reality show. I'll, I'll give her that. She, yeah. So this woman tells Lindsay that she needs to communicate with them better about filming so that, you know, their doubts about her commitment to the project can be eased a little bit because she really just sends them a text message one day and says, Hey guys, I need a me day. I just really need to be in my apartment and sort out my stuff. And meanwhile, the, there's a whole crew downstairs who have been waiting for two hours to shoot with her, and she's just blowing them off. But that's a symptom of when you make somebody the boss when they're ten years old. 
Exactly. Like, she's been able to do whatever the fuck she wants as since the Jump Street. And now she's got – now she's doing what she's always done and people are like, oh, you can't do that. Right. Uh, later on, she's sorted out though by Oprah. But um, Yeah, Lady O flies her I, Well, she tells so – she says to the camera in, you know, in, um, after these insinuations, which she rejects, she said, you can't pull that shit with me anymore. Until I fuck up, you can't assume I'm going to, which is typical addict behavior, expecting everyone to forget about your past behavior and just give you the benefit of the doubt now. Yeah. But yep. fuck, but fuck I, I haven't watched, but fuck Oprah for producing a show which yes. the only intention is so you yes. can see somebody be a fuck up and then you're going to get judgmentals while you're making money off her. I, like, fuck, Oprah's I, the worst. I, Oprah is the worst and I agree. So as a result, the head of the production company pulls the check for the apartment that they're paying for. I think this actually happened in, in, in episode two. He basically says, yep. we're not going to pay for your apartment. If, unless you like commit like a professional to doing this, like you agreed to do in any way, of course she says she's going to. Because of course it's it's the smart thing to do because they can see her slipping away, and they're like, we got deadlines, we got to shoot this fucking thing, and if she doesn't, she needs to be in every scene. We can't make a show with her hiding in the bedroom the whole time like she was doing. So that right. was smart. Can so we talk about can we talk about her assistant? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. We see more of her wee professional assistant to the stars, Matt, who's always in a three-piece suit. He and- he he wears a hez hez. He wears a hairpiece and it is fucking mesmerizing. How he old is, is the, he? He's probably like 30. But you could tell he's bald. He's got a baller headpiece, fast hairpiece. Why can't I say that? It's like my favorite word. Uh, He's got a toupee that's fastened on there that I love. It's pretty good. Um, So she, um, in one scene, she totally belittles him in front of the rest of the men that she has on payroll for not relaying some stupid info to her. Something about getting copies of keys made or something, but he, he did make the copies and then... She yells at him, why do I feel like I'm the one working for you? And, I mean, the whole thing is a bizarre exchange. It made me feel like I was on drugs watching it. And, you know, she just – it makes her look like a crazy, unreasonable bitch and who really obviously hasn't hit her rock bottom, which I think is the crux of everything here. Uh, Yeah, I agree. She's – yeah, she's not working the steps. She's she's in for a fall. It's actually kind of sad. So in the climax of the episode – the Oprah is summoned from Chicago to Dina's house in Long Island um, with its trash decor to have a oh, sit yeah. down with Lindsay, you know, to basically ask her to stop being a fragile narcissist addict with control problems, you know, which Oprah is well aware that she is and basically tells her to cut the bullshit. Um, or, you, you know, don't fuck with Oprah. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and then Lindsay gives Oprah the same runaround that she gives her professional, you know, life coach choice suggester buddy, also hired by the own network. You know, and Oprah continues to sort of pummel Lindsay with these over-the-top Oprah-speak questions like, what is your truth? And yeah. what is the essence of you? Who I even mean, understands right? that shit? On one hand. Yeah. Because, you know, this spoiled brat's being told off by Oprah. But really, like, how is anyone supposed to answer those questions? Like, Oprah's so annoying. Yeah. she Well, she has a high opinion of herself. And then Oprah asks her if she stayed sober. Lindsay says she has. Oprah gives her double high fives. Lindsay then bursts into tears. So, yeah, she seems pretty stable. It's and then only fi- getting- yeah. finally, Oprah asks uh, Lindsay point blank if she wants to keep doing the show. She says, yes, I want it. Um, she sort of croaks that out. So we're all supposed to believe for a moment that, you know, that this child star celebrity, you know, who's in the infancy of her, you know, sobriety is really running the show and Oprah tells her not to fuck it up. That's how it ends. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, like I said, it's a good show. I wouldn't, wouldn't be something that I'd normally be into, but I've watched a couple and now I'm, I'm sort of hooked on it. So it's kind of embarrassing, but and I know <laughs> I, 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 And the update after telling Oprah that she hadn't been going out at all during this kind of sit down interview, um, it was, it's been reported that Lindsay's been caught partying it up at the electric room at Chelsea's dream hotel. Um, the same weekend that episode two aired and sources close to the situation even say that they caught her boozing. So whether or not, 
we'll course see. she's boozing and she's singing and breaking news. Radar on, online reports eight hours ago. Lindsay Lohan needs help. Her assistant quit because she quote can't afford to pay him. It's oh, hard okay. to find good help these days, especially if you're Lindsay Lohan. RadarOnline.com has exclusively learned that the controversial actress, long-suffering assistant Matt Harrell, has quit. No word on his toupee, though. That's all. I, that's all I care about. If it's not a toupee, it sure looks like one. How is Oprah not paying her for the assistant? I mean, he's a character right. on a show. Yeah, she's creating. I think this must be after. Well, the shows the shows wrapped now, so she probably oh. can't couldn't, can't afford him anymore. Yeah, she kept all the money. She's not sharing. No, I think she's probably firing everyone. I think yeah. the tarot card reading life coach is probably bounced, as has the, sure. the the sober buddy guy. Yeah, she I would I would bet that probably her best route to recovery would be not have an assistant. Of course, yeah. Do yeah. go get a do, go like right proper addicts and get a job at Subway and work the program and work the steps. Even if she's an actress. Like have an agent yeah. who lines things up, but like you take care of like your bills. You're not you're not a high paid actress anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't have a business manager doing that for you. Agreed. And if you need help, like get your drunk mom to help. And by the way, like I think the mom like drinks in front of her still. She what's the, what's the fires- source of income for the parents? Do they have a reality show know, or like, they they they, they manage their kids? I don't know. They do manage their kids. I think Allie's doing some modeling, and I don't know if Dean is getting any a piece of any of Lindsay's mo- money. She probably still is, but I don't know how the dad makes his money because apparently he's paying like out the ass for all the child support and supporting all these children. He's got five children. Yeah, baller. Uh, all right, good stuff. That's it for this week. Sorry if if you're not into to Lindsay. I'll I'll try and. Keep it a bit shorter next week. I just had a lot, a lot I needed to get out. A lot, a lot of hot Lindsay information, and I'm, I'm into all of it. I'm interested. Uh, good job, guys. Ed, Brian, as always, fancy. It's been, it's been wonderful. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you guys all it warms my heart to be able to be creative and chat with you guys every week. Uh, so we'll do it again next week. Sound good to you guys? Sounds for great. Sure. Sounds good to me. So for Fancy Sauce, for Ed Daly, I'm Brian Beckner. This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Next week. Bye. Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just 2 bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. McD app download and registration required. Every year, compliance regulations change thousands of times. And every year, ADP makes thousands of seamless platform updates so businesses can focus on everything else, like running their business. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll.